Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Zach, the Barn Burner Bro. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, be sure to follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher at the Barn Burner Podcast Network. Go give us a rating. Uh, let us know what you think. Also, you can find us on social media at the underscore Barn Burner. And our new Twitter handle for the show specifically is at Backdoor Cut Show. Today, I'll be joined by the barn chief and slim as we break down uh, Chandler, his desire to get back in the game, Mike and Mark, can they make an all-star game? And also kind of some of the trends that we've seen recently and the schedule that is upcoming. But before we get started, let's hear a note from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon. It's a small batch bourbon artfully crafted in Memphis to reflect the blues of the blessed city. It's as smooth as a Dylan Brooks jump shot when he is lighting up the Celtics. Drink Blue Note. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Welcome, friends and family, to the newest edition of the Backdoor Cut. Today, we got a full squadron of barn burner folks over here. Uh, a little round table action for you as we get through the holidays. So, we got the barn chief, barn burner slim, 
and myself. How are you guys doing? Oh, well, you know, we just watched the Titans uh, lose the final game of their season, win or go home, and we are headed home. <laughs> like, you, like you said, man, we almost had to snap that ball from the tunnel uh, on our last drive. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a tough one, but it is what it is. And it, But what makes it hurt even worse is coming off of yesterday's Grizzlies uh, collapse against the Celtics when we gave up that 19-point lead, man. Because at the end of the first half, I thought we were playing so great. Uh, and I thought we were getting back on track. Would have would have been our third win in a row, but Grizzlies had other plans, and we fucking blew it, like always. <laughs> mm. Like always, that's a sad kind of recognition. But man, I'm 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 back, feeling good. Feel like the holidays have passed. Good time with friends and family. We're about to have New Year's Eve tomorrow, and welcome 2019, which will surely be a better year than 2018. We all hope, and certainly won a good year for the barn as well so looking forward to that and also i'd just like to announce that i'm cleared to play and i'm ready for jb to put me in i don't know why it keeps letting me ride the bench i'm ready to play and i'm going to start posting really passive aggressive instagrams <laughs> pictures about it help get your you, agent help involved. you yeah. <laughs> yeah help me help you barn readers what, what you know i'm healthy i'm ready to play all right so, so let's just dive right into that man uh so chandler parsons saying help me help you like, like this dude didn't average six points on 30% from three, was a minus 3.7 uh, and plus minus, uh, had 1.3 rebounds a game and zero free throw attempts in the first three games he played this year. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm all for healthy guys playing, but let's not act like you've earned a spot on this team, Chandler. Even though you were a starter <laughs> somehow coming out of training camp, even though he couldn't guard anyone. Uh, I'm not sure how much help he's actually going to be. How do you guys feel about this little Chandler Parsons uh, media play between him and his agent and the Grizzlies? We saw, you know, we saw him start at the three too. And something that I think would have been better was him playing the four. I think he could have guarded fours better, but uh, maybe bring him off the bench and have him play the four there. But then we've got Noah, we've got Jamichael, so it's kind of a log jam. I, I I agree. I mean, this year he's been terrible. He was terrible. He couldn't guard anybody. Didn't really do anything super well. Looked really immobile. But, man, like, last year he was pretty good. Defensively, I remember being surprised. He was a plus defensively. and he, He's really intelligent. He's long, so he could defend guys, even though he wasn't as quick. But this year, he just – it looks like it finally all caught up with him mentally and physically. He just looks like a complete shell of the guy he was. Yeah, it, it, I was trying to, like, figure out where he would fit in the lineup. And like you mentioned, we got several other guys. Kyle's playing at the four. Right. Uh, Rab's – seeing some sporadic minutes your boy rap stand <laughs> over here <laughs> leading the pack anytime i can like say something positive about him you know i'm gonna do it sure but i really don't know and you know we got the log jam on the wings and we still don't know who's gonna play there so i would you know i don't think adding an extra adding an extra layer of complexity to that is really gonna help the situation because we still you know it'll be Selden for a few games Marshawn for a few games and that that's still just a cluster over there and I mean we still got Caspi too who can't even get minutes like I'm not, I'm not sure Chandler Parsons is better than Caspi at this point you know no nah, Caspi's super efficient when he's in the game which I don't know why he, he's not getting nah, in the game <laughs> like, I don't know my mind Jamichael I guess gets all his minutes uh I guess <laughs> How does Jamichael? He gets everyone's minutes. I don't get it. That's just the yeah. thing. If you look online, he's getting everyone's minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, and it, and it's and it's really crazy because it, as hard as Jamichael plays and like as much as he seems to bring to the table, if you look at all of our worst lineups, Jamichael is in them. I mean, and mm-hmm. like like he is the linchpin in these lineups. Like the the top three worst two man lineups, J Mike's in all three. The top three worst three man lineups, J Mike's in all three. The top Three worst four man lineups. J Mike's in all three and five man lineups. Yep, he's in the yeah all the worst ones. I do you mean, think? Do you think that's clear? What? Yeah, I don't know what specifically. Would you say that's directly I, I, because of him, or because he's having to play with a lot of second unit guys who are struggling on you know both ends of the court? So our second worst two man combination is Mark and Jamichael. And a lot of these lineups include him and Mark. Um, yeah, I mean, the worst one is Kyle, Mark, J. Mike, Shelvin, and Temple. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one because yeah. you got Shelvin and J. Mike. Um, but the next worst five man is Mike, Mark, J. Mike, Shelvin, and Temple. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, and those two. Huh. But I don't, I've been trying to figure it out all day, and I can't put my finger on it. Because even our third worst five man is Kyle, Mike, Mark, J. Mike and Temple, so which would in theory be the starting lineup if Jaron Jackson wasn't around. Yeah, that's that very interesting because if you just look at the like regular numbers, he's usually the guy. He's out there rebounding more than on most nights. You know, the rest of the team, even Mark, and especially last night, Mark was playing a lot of high post and he was dealing. He had seven assists in the first half, but he had like two rebounds or something. So he's not. He's not able to do both those things, distribute and rebound, because not in position on the floor to do that a lot of times. Yeah, and I'm wondering if if it's maybe just with J. Mike on the floor, we we don't have any scoring because he's usually playing with Shelvin. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that means Mike's not in and Jaron's not in. Um, so you know, there's no no playmaking really to be to be done. Yeah, that's definitely been a a hot topic for a lot of people. I think between Shelvin and Jamichael's playing time, that's probably the biggest uh, overall gripe, the theme of griping between Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all the, you know, all the armchair coaches. So everybody wants to see Javon Carter take some of Shelvin's minutes and then I, I don't what do we want what do people want with J Mike's minutes? I mean, more obviously more Jaron and Jaron closing out games. Um, but I I don't know. Is is that do we just want to see J Mike traded? I, I've been thinking about this all day. I can't put my finger on what's making him uh the standout of this, these worst lineups. Yeah, because he's yeah. I, it's a mystery. We need some advanced analytics guys on staff. Where do we get those, <laughs> Sam? Yeah. I don't know. Uh I'm gonna I'm going to walk down to the corner at Union and McLean here and maybe find somebody. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, I, I think it's more of a product probably with the lineups he's playing with and because he's not a guy that can really get his own shot. Um, and he does play hard, but he's not ever known as a super good defensive player. He's not a rim protector per se. So he's a combination of all those things. I don't think he's been particularly bad, but I'd be happy to trade him for the right person. And he's a good trade asset because he's like, Eight million a year, expiring contract. He can give you some good, solid hustle minutes. Uh, maybe you can re-sign him if you want, if you're that team. So, 
I don't, it's not really to open up minutes for someone else necessarily, but if he's not, you know, if he's part of a huge negative bell curve, I guess that we see, then maybe he doesn't need to be on the team. <laughs> yeah. So, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people want just want to see Jaron Jackson closing out fourth quarters, and then a lot of mm-hmm. the griping about um, Jamaica will probably go away. Because um, when you look at fourth quarters in December, J. Mike is shooting 31% from the field, uh, whopping 0% from deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jaron Jackson is shooting 50% from the field in fourth quarters and 40% from deep. Um, so that alone, you know, would seem to, and I understand the foul trouble and I'm not, maybe there are some games like when J Mike first came back, he deserved to be closing out some of those games the way he was playing. Cause he was, he just came out like a man on fire, uh, returning from that broken jaw and he was really playing well. So some of those games, I didn't mind him closing out, but just with the Grizzlies offensive struggles and Jaron's continued growth and just. Uh, proof that he can make plays offensively um, in a variety of ways, which this team desperately needs. I don't understand not only why he's not closing out the games, but how we're going these long stretches in the second half of him not seeing time, like from when he first gets taken out in the third quarter to, you know, like midway through the fourth quarter, it's like JB forgets he's on the bench and doesn't put him in. And that's usually when our lead is collapsing, uh, such as the game versus the Celtics and then also the game versus the Kings. Um, I, I guess that was four games ago now. It was the last game we lost to that five-game skid. So um, more so than closing out, I would just like to see JB not seem to forget about Jaron Jackson on the bench when we're uh, these leads are evaporating. Yeah, because even when he makes like rookie mistakes, if he fouls a guy or something, and, like gives up an M one, his his defensive presence is such an intangible aspect, especially when he's playing with Mark. I mean, they they're just like forces down there and really smart and really long, and I feel like it really affects the game. And we, I mean, it, the metrics show that too when they're both on the floor, the we allow the fewest points, you know. And so it's just a, it's one of those things that if we we see a lead evaporating. What do we need? Oh, like a incredible rim protector, like one of the best block shot blockers has come out of college in the past ten years, sitting on our bench. Like that doesn't make any sense. And I, it's everyone said it, man. Like it's all over Twitter. I feel like we're beating a dead horse or a dead grizz, so to speak. And it, it, I don't know what I don't know what's going on. But I mean, everyone's calling for JB to be fired, and then there's that whole like the Grizzlies don't want to fire another coach. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a bizarre situation. But Jared's got to play more. <laughs> And he, the guy can close. It's not like, oh, we're not sure. I mean, have we already forgotten about the Brooklyn game? And the, then and the Lakers game, too. Dropping off yeah. LeBron at the end of the game to pretty much put the game out of reach. Like, those are big-time moments for, for a rookie. Yeah. So, so how did y'all feel in that Celtics game when uh, Jaron got – he closed out on Horford, and then Horford drove by him, got the and one. Um did y'all, would y'all have taken him out right there too? I mean, it, it was pretty decent defense. Like he got beat, but he recovered. Um, he's just a veteran center, I thought. And at, the, I mean, he'd been on the bench for probably yeah. 30, 30 minutes of real lifetime. Like, what do you, what do you expect? This is, this is. I don't even care if it is a vet. It's hard to be that in that integral in in the game and then just be on the bench for like probably twenty five real life minutes. Um, in 10 minutes of game time or whatever the time actually was of game time. But I know he sat on the bench for a long damn time. 
and then you just expect him to get back out there, you know, like he's been playing the whole second half. Um, and he makes one mistake and you yank him. Or I, I guess he had two fouls, but still, I mean, he, he only had four overall. So I just don't understand. I don't understand what he's got to do to prove that he belongs out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it sounds like we all agree. We wouldn't, probably would not have yanked him in that particular scenario, especially because the alternatives aren't like, it's not like we bring in, you know, another really good big man off the bench that was resting. Uh, you know, he is the guy. Like, so it's it's like we noticed it. We were watching the game, man. Like the the second he got pulled out in the third quarter, and then it, and then we were like, all right, when's he going to come back? And then Bro was like, oh, probably the ten minute mark in the fourth quarter. And then then it was ten minutes. Then it was eight minutes. He's like, oh, probably pretty soon. And then it, it just like kept. We just kept realizing he wasn't in the game. And I remember we repeatedly like over and over kept saying like, where's Jaron? Like he. Because he was playing well. He had like 16 points at this point. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not like he was having one of those bad offensive games where just like nothing would drop for him around the basket. He was like, he was hooping. And I don't know. Like, yeah. it, it's almost like I'm like just annoyed to even talk about it because it doesn't make any sense to us. Yeah. And JB says it was to go small on the other, to go small and like switch everything defensively, which, uh, you know, I don't even want to touch if we did do that stuff following that substitution. Cause I don't think we did, no. but, <laughs> but, um, going like on the offensive end, a team that all we do is in the fourth quarter is give it to Mike Conley and hope he can just will in some buckets. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum cannot guard Jaron Jackson, and Jaron proved that in the first half. He, like Jason Tatum or any of those smaller forwards that they tried to put on him could not hold him, and it was evidenced by Brad Stevens immediately inserting uh, the Morris twin when he saw Jackson was back in the game. Um, and then when we took Jaron out, Brad Stevens tried to bring Morris back to the bench. Um, I mean, he's a matchup problem. Like on, on the offensive end and a team like us that struggles as much as we do to score, uh, he's got to be on the court, man. And yeah, I, I think we all agree with that. So we can move on unless y'all got any closing closing things on that. Nah, on a uh, on a lighter, more uplifting note, have you guys gone in and voted for uh, Mike for All Star? Every day since it opened on like Christmas Eve or whatever it was, I haven't as much as I should have. I'll say yeah. that, but I have a couple times. Same. <laughs> Same. Uh, but you've been diligently posting on your Twitter account, and so we appreciate that. And I'm sure Mike does too. I just wanted one retweet from him. That's all I'm asking, Mike. If you're if you're out there, Mike, just one retweet. Help me, help you, Mike. <laughs> help me. <laughs> I, and I know I said we're going to leave it alone, but I got one more thing on Jaren. No, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's do it. His per 36 numbers, he would be averaging 18.7 points per game, which would be good for second best on the team, six and a half boards and two and a half blocks per game. Uh, and he's currently the second leader on our team and with 51 shooting fouls drawn. So, like, Dang. we need offense. We've got it. <laughs> we just got to play it. I, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, and thir 36 minutes of metrics to show a, a starting NBA player. That's like yeah. the, so. Uh, there's no reason he shouldn't be playing those minutes right now. Lucas playing those minutes. Uh, Aiden's playing those minutes. Those and, numbers are better than Martin Gasol's. Yeah, thirty-six. Yeah. Um, How many yeah. fouls is that per thirty-six? When it extrapolated to that, uh, I, I don't look at fouls. Come on, negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to make <laughs> just make sure it's not like seven fouls or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, sure. I'm sure, like, I'm sure there will be games if you did that, he would foul out. But, like, so what? You know, like, what? I, I, I don't understand. It's not like 
when a player fouls out, the other team gets like 10 points or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you foul out, treat you foul that out. Like, yeah. Who fucking cares? If like, you're not coming back in the game anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> but back to uh, Mike Conley for All-Star. Uh, so looking at the West, I think the starters are, are probably going to be pretty much locked in, in which they get the fan votes and all that. Uh, they do the fan, the media, uh, bro, bro can break it down. Yeah. Right so quick. yeah, it's fit. So the starters, the 10 starters, five from each, they're doing that like draft thing again, they're televising it, but there's still five people who are for sure going to start from the West, five from the East and the, they're selected 50% from fan vote, 25% from media and 25% from active players. So like guys that are in the league right now. And okay. then there's uh, I think it's seven, yes, yeah, seven reserves that from each conference that are selected uh, by the head coaches in the league. And you can't yeah. vote for your own player. Gotcha. And it's surprisingly hard to track down that information. I would think it'd be like right on NBA's website, but it wasn't. So everyone, you're welcome for me spending several minutes on Google. Mm-hmm. Bro did the legwork, so you don't Ooh. have to. Yeah. yeah, man, appreciate that. So, yeah, got uh, it. so I mean, I think the West is pretty locked down. It's got to be LeBron, Steph, Harden, KD, and AD, right? Yep, that's what I got. Yeah. So then at the guard position, you you got Russ and probably Dane who are yeah. locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the front court, you probably got. Uh, uh, Jokic and Paul George locked in, I would say. Man, did you look at my notes? No, nah, I mean, these, these are just they're, – they're pretty simple ones this year, I yeah. feel like. So so with that, I think you have three spots left. You have one front court spot and two wild cards. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah. So the front court probably goes to Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, or LaMarcus, yeah. or Martin Gasol. Who, there, who's there's that, a who lot of good team? centers this year in the West. Yeah, you think Steven Adams, Steven Adams, sneaky pick. Rudy Gobert's heaven. You know he's yeah. still doing well. Capel- Clint Capella. Yeah, it's Capella's actually a surprising good. amount of centers that are good. Capella's in the had West. a great season. Yeah, so I mean, I think whoever's team wins some games over these next few weeks will probably set themselves apart uh, between Cat, Gasol, and like even LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, but I, I don't think Adams will get it just because two Thunder are already going to be in. Mm. And then Capella, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't get that much love. Yeah, he's he'll, he might get one later on in his career, but he's probably like one of those guys. Like him, Darren Fox, like not going to happen just because they're, yeah. they're younger. And Gobert, the Jazz have just been so underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, so, I, th- I mean, as long as the Grizzlies don't lose, Mark has a good shot at that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or don't like go on a huge losing streak, but then we would have two wild card spots left, so that would probably go to you got DeRozan. Cat. Yeah, you got DeRozan, you got Mike, you got Clay. Maybe has Clay been all star worthy this year? He's got that kind of institutionalized all starness. He, he's actually been pretty bad uh, shooting wise. I think he's shooting right. like thirty one percent or something. Uh, so he's actually had a really bad year. So the answer to your question is no, but he probably will be like. We've seen yeah. this time and time again. We, we saw Tim Duncan, you know, one foot in the grave, like, like the all-star team. <laughs> this yeah. Carter is going to be on it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, that's what's that's what's such a pain in the ass about it is these these guys that are like grandfathered in, kind of. So to me, the guys Conley's got to beat out is Clay, 
which w- will be tough. Um, DeRozan and Drew Holiday. Man, I didn't think about DeRozan. Like he's going to make it. Someone I mean, from the should, Spurs, yeah, make yeah. It, right? DeRozan is the leading scorer on that team, and they're they're on like a seven game winning streak right now. He's the best player on that team. Yeah, someone from's got to make it, and he's a perennial All Star. He's a four or five time guy from you know the the Raptors, so he's got that cred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't argue with that. I think so. We had the the nine locks, and then we had three extra spots. I think my three final spots, the final front court, would go to Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and then my wild cards would go to DeRozan and Conley. There's no way Marcus Gasol should get in the All Star game over Mike Conley. No, absolutely no way. No, I mean Mike's our best player. So and except except for that, he's been one, and like the. There's more, maybe more of a like. Cat is having kind of not as good a year, and the Wolves are bad. I think you could justify him over his like compatriots more than you could Mike, because of the stupid positioning of it. You know, like the how you got to have the front court and then the guards and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, Mike's been better, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We know, no, we know that we know this is bullshit. Like it happens every year where there, there's some arguable ones. But here's a sneaky one that I've seen a lot of people talking about. Luca? No. I've seen some of that. I mean, Tobias, I, yeah. Tobias Harris? No. What? Oh, well, keep man, going. Keep yeah. going. Amazing uh, comeback year. Former Memphis Tiger. Oh, D Rose. D Rose. Oh, um, yeah. I've seen that as a lot of people are pushing for that. So I don't, probably not. I don't, I don't think, but his stats aren't as good as Conley's. Yeah. No, but he plays with Mike Conley. But yeah. Yeah. But it's a good story. You know how the NBA loves stories, so something squirrely could happen. I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it, but I don't know. No, sure, you're right. They love the narratives. I, I think for Mike, the Grizzlies need to go on a winning streak. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Same. As I think voting uh, voting closes up about around MLK Day, I think. So I think what, know, what we do between now and then is really going to set the tone. Yeah, but I, I, more than that, we just got to beat a bunch of these coaches right before they submit their ballots because he's not going to be a starter. So we just need to, uh, I mean, you got to rely on the coaches. <laughs> so I don't know if we need to send some barn burner care packages to each coach <laughs> asking for their vote. <laughs> I, wonder, you, I wonder how the coaches vote. I mean, like, do, does their secretary do it for them? Or, like, they tell Woj and then he <laughs> votes for them. <laughs> I feel like it's probably like a little a little uh, link gets sent to their email and they click on it and do it online probably. <laughs> Uh, it's on like chip survey monkey or <laughs> survey monkey. <laughs> they allow Popovich to write his ballot in via like snail mail because he doesn't deal with that online bullshit. I don't know, man. They might have to do a lockdown browser or something like we did in college. Oh yeah, good call. Um, good call. So, so yeah, I, I think we all agree Mike deserves it more than Mark, but um, Mark has just as good a shot, if not better, than Mike to get into the All Star game in Charlotte in February. We didn't even um, talk so- about Chris Paul too. Who, who we're just assuming is too injured to make it, which is probably true, but still yeah. one of those guys that like he's a perennial guy. I mean, has he missed an All Star game like since his you know since he started making him? I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, can the the coaches cannot justify voting him in if I mean they were bad with him. <laughs> like he he wasn't good. I mean, the yeah. Rockets were at the bottom of the West. So. Yeah, I don't know. But speaking of bad with them, uh, Grizzlies from December 14th to December 21st went on a five-game losing streak, uh, which included losses to Miami, Houston, Golden State, 
Portland and Sacramento Kings. Uh, so, bro, you want to highlight some things that kind of stood out to you during that awful span of games? <laughs> yeah, actually, a lot of those. I was on the East Time, so those were super late. So I didn't. I was like zoning in and out of a lot of those. But uh, I think just overall, the the was at the Heat game, and that was pretty demoralizing because you know you felt like you were in it the whole time, and then that was a game you should have won. And even afterwards, when I that was when all that trade stuff was going on with uh, the yeah. Brooks Brooks brothers, so that was like a distraction. And you know, I was I was not even that upset afterwards. I was like, all right, sweet, we got this trade going. Some good things are going to happen, and then it just turned to crap really quickly. Yeah, and, and that yeah, just that. I felt like that. I don't know. Do you, do you think that like impacted the locker room and just everyone's attitudes, and that kind of stole some of their thunder? Plus. The fact that they had to play, you know, four, three to four playoff teams on that trip right after that. That's a tough time. Yeah, I definitely don't think the timing was ideal. Because um, even in that game, I don't know if JB was going to go back to playing Marshawn, but he didn't put him back in like once the reports leaked. So I don't know if he knew something was going on, but uh, Marshawn was playing well that game against Miami. And then we just kind of. Blew that one, and then the one against the Kings was another one that really hurt on that five-game skid. So uh, the ones against the Rockets, Warriors, and Blazers, I think we kind of expected to lose. But those, the front end and the back end killed us, and I, I don't think the timing of that trade fiasco and then the reports that we were signing Austin Rivers and we had no interest in Austin Rivers. Oh, <laughs> like, man. Uh, I don't know what Shams is doing out there, man. Mm. Yeah, he's slipping. Yeah, he had a tough, tough finish to 2018. So did I. So Shams and I, uh, love you, man. We'll be back in 2019. Yeah, but, but speaking of Shams, I saw uh, Eric Lentz from uh, BlueWorldOrder.com, 15-year-old, who that's Sane's website, Sane who's now with the Memphis Flyer, uh, broke the news that DJ Stephens was getting waived and Jarnell Stokes was is going to be signed by the Grizzlies. So shout out to Eric Lentz. Yeah, man, he's making yeah. waves. Already getting those connections. People know who he is, so. Future Daily Memphian guy, if it's still around by then, probably. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back, so back to the Grizzlies losing streak. Um, yeah. Kyle Anderson actually played. I mean, he was our fourth leading scorer during that, so which is probably not the greatest sign, I don't think. And yeah. I, one thing that does stick out to me is that Jamichael did play not well. He averaged seven points, four or five rebounds in 24 minutes of play during that time. Wasn't yeah. this during Mark's like uh, ankle when he's playing through his ankle stuff? So he was right. playing real bad and really hesitant to shoot and doing the thing where he dishes it right back to Mike and makes Mike take like a three second shot clock shot. Yeah. Well, during that stretch, Mark, J. Mike, uh, Wayne Selden, and Marshawn all shot below 30% from three. So, I mean, it's hard to win like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, we only averaged 96 points per game. Yeah. I think we shot 33% from deep as a team, uh, last in rebounding, like always, uh, or near last. So, and weren't getting to the free throw line. And I think the timing of everything and just, you know, we were bound to go on a skid like this at some point. Uh, just it, it, it was bad timing for both of those to happen at the same time. What happened in the Kings game? Because I know we had a lead. I didn't get to watch that one. Uh, it was very, very much like the Celtics game. Uh, uh, Jaron went out with like 9.36 to go in the fourth, and 
we were up 79-72, and then he didn't come back in until 20 seconds left, and we were up by one. Um, and, I mean, we just we couldn't score. The same thing that happens when we blow all these games. We just uh, kind of Freak out, yeah. We, we start to coast, and then the other teams, it seems like they're getting straight line drives at the rim, and if somebody does happen to stop them from getting to the rim, then – uh, they passed it to a wide open shooter for three. So, man, there's so many wide open three shots on us. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like everyone gets right to the rim. We all collapse, and then we sit there and scratch our heads while, like, you know, I, insert like form three point shooter just dances on me in the forum every single time. Ugh. Yeah, oh. it really does. And uh, oh. yeah, so I mean that that was a stretch of games to forget. But then since then, we've played the Lakers, Cavs, and Celtics, and we, we beat the Lakers. That's when Jaron had that big three over LeBron with like a minute to go to kind of ice the game. Uh, held on for a win over the Cavs, in which we led wire to wire for the first time in what felt like forever. And then, the, of course, a disappointing loss to the Celtics. Um, so what do you think about these last three games? I, the Lakers game was really encouraging. I thought that – we came out, played hard, you know, played tough defense. That Zubots guy, you know, he played really well. He's actually – he's been filling in some starts, and I think he started four or five games in a row for the Lakers, and yeah, he, he yeah. had like 20 points in each of those games. Um, so what he did to us was not – you know, that wasn't an exception, I guess, to how he was playing. But he was impressive. But the main thing, we didn't let them hit uh, 45 threes on us. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, that's and, definitely helpful. <laughs> and, and Zubak couldn't hold a Jaron on, on the defensive end. Jaron was he was driving by him. I mean, he was just showing off all the tools. This I feel like this shows like a Jaron Jackson love fest because uh, that's what Grizzlies games have kind of turned to when Mike Conley is not uh, you know closing them out in the fourth quarter for us. Yeah, and you could you could sense the tension last night in the forum. Like people are, you can hear everyone like, "Where's Jaron? Where's Jaron?" And when he would finally come back in, everyone like cheered because he was coming in. And you could hear there were some boos when uh, when JB took him out after those fouls. People were getting pretty restless. Give the people what they want, please. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if if we're if we're not giving up 19 point leads when Jaron's on the bench, then okay, keep him on the bench. But <laughs> we're giving up these leads, and it's like a consistent theme. So. It's just, you know, JB's going to have to make a change. Like, I don't know if it's one of his assistants that needs to let him know or he just needs to stop being stubborn or what it is, but it's obviously causing us to lose games. Yep, it's hurting for sure. So upcoming this week, got four more games. We're at Houston tomorrow night. Uh, Pistons here Wednesday. Nets here Friday. Uh, Saturday at San Antonio. So we got a, pun intended, red hot James Harden coming. Or we're going to visit him. Mm -hmm. They're on a four-game win streak. He scored 40 points in three straight games. And he's he's leading the league in scoring right now with 33 per game. And I think Durant is second. He's averaging 28-something. So... Harden's averaging almost five more points than the next closest person. I'm so going to tell you this. I want no parts of James Harden right now. <laughs> Ooh, no, it's, this is not a good intersection of time no. for us to be playing them. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just, just ready for like 
a million foul calls on. I mean, he's going to go right at Jaron. I feel like, and Jaron's going to like reach a little bit instead of keeping straight up, and he's going to get a quick two on Jaron like right off the bat. And oh, I, I just, I just honestly, can we skip this one? Can we just uh, take a zero on it and and uh, and move on to to the Pistons? Yeah, it's tomorrow night, so I mean, you don't have to watch it. I guess you know. I'm sure that you got something else to do. Mm. I might. <laughs> so I mean, so we, yeah, we kind of expect to lose that one. Um, but then I think the next three, we need to go. We need to win three in a row against Detroit, uh, Brooklyn, and at San Antonio. Even though San Antonio is a back-to-back uh, on the road, and we're only like I think one and three in back-to-back so far this year. But we we, we really need those three after this Houston game. I feel like. Yeah, the the Detroit game is gonna be ugly because yeah. they're 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 like in bottom third in offense, just like us. They're like a few spots behind us in defense. It's gonna be like a 85-79 game or something like that. It's gonna be gross. Reggie Jackson's been terrible. So does is a Jaron guard Blake and vice versa, I assume. That should be interesting. I've watched zero Pistons basketball this year. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've seen them play once. <laughs> I know Blake's been playing really well. Yeah, he's, he's at like 24 and 12 and shooting like 40 percent from three, like shooting four threes a game or something. Like, he's what about a, the the white dude they drafted a couple years ago? Oh, from Duke, uh, Luke Kennard. Yeah, I don't is that think him. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he does anything. Yeah, six points. Uh, Andre Drummond is he's averaging. 17 and a half with 15 rebounds. Oh, so that's that, your boy from last year. Yeah. <laughs> Get him in the This year he deserves it more, man. That's a better stat line. Two blocks a game, too. So that's going to be – he's going to be a force down there to work around. Yeah. So th- that, that should be pretty interesting. Damn, Blake got 25-9, five assists a game. Um, 52% from the field. 36% from three on six attempts a game. Wow, he's jacking them up. He leads their team. Yeah, he's he's, he's been really good. Well, I mean, I'm I don't, uh, a team that change, that plays the same type of pace as us is a welcome sight in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, especially after playing Houston. <laughs> do we beat those teams usually? I, I've never actually, like, run that. Do we beat the kind of teams that slog along? Like, who who is that? The Pistons? The uh, uh, the Spurs are doing yeah. it this year. Actually, Houston uh, is pretty slow in pace of play this year, I think, because they're just having to go ISO with Harden more so than the quick shot that they were maybe maybe last year. I think they're slowing it down more because um, they're not as good, so they're trying to limit the possessions. Yeah. Um, so Dylan Brooks is back. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, uh, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh he's looking pretty good. He had a big big night last night with 19 points. He was hitting hitting open jumpers, uh looking good offensively and bringing that fire defensively. Um he's still a uh, uh, in the plus minus a minus 2.3 in the 3 games he's been back and averaging less than one rebound, but all things considered it's a welcome sight to see Dylan back and making shots cuz I think the defense and everything else will come along. Mhm. Agreed. Yeah, there's need guys that can hit open threes. Because Gary Temple has proven not to be that. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is Shelvin Mack is still shooting forty percent from three on the season. Does not feel like it. <laughs> like what? Is, is that count warm ups and does that count pregame warm ups? <laughs> yeah. Shoot around. Yeah. 
Uh, that really – so our plus and minus positives for the entire season are Mike, who's a 3.7, Caspi, who's plus 1.8, uh, then you got Mark, Garrett, and Jaron, who is only a plus point one. <laughs> so those are the only five with uh, positives on the whole season. That's not super encouraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you want you want to hear something else random? When I was looking up lineups, our third best lineup uh, that has played more than twenty minutes is Mike, Mark, Jamichael, Chandler, and Garrett Temple. <laughs> who played like the first three games together as the starters? Mike, Mark, Chandler, and Garrett. That's got to be like Mike. and Jay Mike. From, That's yeah, ugly. From, <laughs> and and I don't I don't know how they they were plus four point seven when Indiana ran them out of the gym in that first game. <laughs> you remember? You remember? Dude kept driving right by Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> dude like i'm starting to think that uh, i'm starting to think that all these statistics are bullshit man like sabermetrics are crap yeah, yeah, yeah i mean oh i don't know <laughs> give me back to the good old box score yeah just give me hey this guy scored 20 points on 30 <laughs> shots so it's fucking good <laughs> hey, in, rebounds <laughs> in the in the eight lineups that have played more than 20 minutes jaron is in just one negative lineup and shelvin and j mike are in all but one uh and mark pops up in more negative ones than you would like to see but Mark's been bad in the second half. Like, I don't know if it's his injury or just that kind of like part of the season where his conditioning hits a wall. But just in the second halves, man, he has not been that great lately. That's lingering stinger. That's what yeah. he's got. Him and Mariota. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Mark needs to sit out. I wouldn't have mind him sitting out when we played that brutal stretch of Houston, uh, Golden State, and you know, Portland even, if he would have set those games out. Yeah, I think – I know uh, Peter Edmondson at The Athletic wrote something uh, about how, like, we can't – it's it's hard for us to be able to afford to sit Mark, even though you're basically going to take L's pretty much if he's not in there to play. Right. Which, which – oh, yeah, we did take L's. Crap. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Could have gotten free L's instead of having to pay for them. That's what it feels in, like. In our 18 wins, we're averaging 106.4 points. And in the 17 losses, we're averaging just 96.8. Um, offensive rating still near the bottom of the league at 26th in the league. And defensive rating just outside the top five, we're currently a sixth. And our rebound percentage is still 29th, right right there at the bottom. Oof. So well, We were uh, winning those games at the beginning of the season, our defensive rating was like second right or third yeah yeah so we got to be top five defense if we're going to score like we do uh-huh yeah and i mean especially because you think about those games that we win a lot of them are two four five point victories uh so if we're if we're just giving up you know a couple extra baskets in the third quarter or second quarter or whatever then those points really come back to bite a team like us in the ass who struggles right. to score yeah um kyle anderson's been great though man he his like he's he ripped uh, Kyrie Irving last night, and it was just like a thing of beauty. I don't know if I've ever seen Kyrie get ripped like that. And I think Brevin Knight said the same thing. But over these last three games, uh, Slow Mo's averaging three steals a game. That's Ooh. that's pretty that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know go. what it is about him, man. I, I, long arms. He's just like he, he's so fucking crafty. It, it's such a pleasure to have him on the team. Like great signing. Yeah, I mean he he cuts really well. He's he's a uh, I, I, he rebounds I mean, really well. I, yeah. I, I, there's yeah, a lot probably, of shots. 
there's a lot of shots that go up and I'm like, see it come off the rim. And I'm like, I see Mark at the perimeter. I'm like, Oh shit, who's going to get that. And then you'll see Kyle go up and rip it down. Like he, he gets some tough boards. Yeah. He, he and J Mike are probably our two best rebounders and rab, the uh, bros boy rab who, mm-hmm. who actually, when he's gotten some playing time these past couple of games, I thought he's, he's done a lot better than when they just toss him in there to, like to it's the Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here's Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis. Good luck. <laughs> So then, uh, carry past Wednesday, Friday, playing the Nets again, and I can't think about the Nets anymore without thinking about the coming out of Jaron Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So that brings a smile to my face. Uh, the Nets, I think they've got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys. They're bang- they're pretty banged up right now. Uh, Crab uh, is day to day with the knee. Um, Hollis Jefferson went. Day to day with the right adductor. This is just from this weekend. Uh, another guy's sick, and <laughs> <laughs> obviously Karis Levert's out, and so and they're they're also look like they're resting a lot of guys. Uh, at least they did this weekend. So if we play them on Friday, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but we probably won't get the benefit of any guys resting, but. They're they're currently 17, 21, ninth in the East. Ooh, trying to make the playoffs in Brooklyn. Yeah. But you guys heard about this uh the Rodion's crooks or whatever? Uh uh-uh. what's that? He, he, he's this uh where's he from? Um uh he's a he's a European guy and he's apparently just really hooping for him right now. He's like uh it was a draft and stash guy and now has come over. He used to play for Barcelona, I think, and they tried to put him on the second team in Barcelona, so he said, fuck y'all, I'm going to the league. And with a second-round pick this past year, but he's like a 6'9 wing, could shoot it, and apparently has just been like hooping the last three games while they've had injuries. He's like <laughs> had a huge come out. Um, so I think uh, maybe look out for him. He's just kind of a – apparently he's been really exciting recently. I saw some some dudes talking about him on uh, on either Reddit or maybe some of the Ringer podcasts, but – Random European guy that might drop 40 on us is t- the typical type Grizzlies fair. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look for this guy to get like 20 and you'd be like, who the hell is this guy? So that's just classic. Yeah, yeah he's Saturday. got. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, he's got. Yeah, he's got uh, nine games where he scored over. He scored in double figures and I mean, not a ton of minutes. So he. Uh, yeah, and a lot of those are recent. So yeah, he definitely could be a threat to us. Yeah, Maybe you can do some scouting for JB and those guys. Can you send that note over to him, please? If I send a note to him, he'll like not play Jaron at all. So I, I don't uh, like just like bench him for <laughs> DMP him for like the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, I don't think he takes criticism well as we've seen. So. <laughs> no, and then our old old friends, uh, San Antonio on Saturday. Which we won there earlier this year for the first time since 2015. <laughs> on the, the the best whistle we've ever oh, gotten in yeah. the history of Grizzlies whistles. Like, hey, the Spurs have gotten plenty of good whistles against the Grizzlies over the last ten years or so. so. Yeah, didn't we get screwed right after that in uh in L.A. or am I am I making that up or wasn't there yeah, a call yeah, that the, the like Clippers literally right at Clippers itself. game when Mike Conley fouled out in the fourth quarter oh, like yeah. five fouls and then uh the call at the end of the game on somebody i can't remember i can't remember what happened at the very end but yeah yeah we did yeah that 
It, it yeah we we do not i don't feel bad taking uh, advantage of some of those calls <laughs> the way that they the whistles usually go for us yeah no neither not one bit we stay getting rooked man i'm telling you man robert Perry should hire an investigative firm to like see how many calls have been missed against the grizzlies each season and compare it to other teams i mean yeah, that could change the world, Mr. Para. So uh, it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> you put some capital bro. towards it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a couple million will probably get the job done, right? I mean, this guy who paid Chandler Parsons like $30 million a year. So <laughs> let's not discuss talk about business decisions. Ooh, we could get Chandler to do it while sitting at home not playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, seems, he seems to be on the computer. On the right, right. <laughs> com- Just get him like a – Let's get him know. like 30 years of film uh, of every game ever and then put him to work, man. Let's get him – set him up a cubicle there in the forum. Yeah, I mean that would help him help us. So <laughs> give him something to do. Oh man, he, he can have my old cube. <laughs> I should. I love the, oh man, I love the notion of him like clocking in and like gets his coffee like everyone else and sits down. It's like those ESPN commercials when they're working in like the in the like mascots. The, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who got the last cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what happens when we record too late. Yeah, no, this is good stuff here. This is the gold at the end of the pot. The gold. Yeah, sweet. So, uh, where can uh, where can our listeners find you guys on Twitter? At the Barn Chief, at Barn Burner Slim, baby, and at the underscore Barn Burner. And we also have a uh, site specific. Uh, Twitter account now for the Backdoor Cut Show. It is actually, I just gave it away, at Backdoor Cut Show. Mm. Oh, yeah, so show. Make sure show, to show. Not the, the show. The show. The show. Yeah, we're the show. So make sure to check that out. We might be trying to get on the radio. <laughs> 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 that rhyme was magic. That was pretty good. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> yo, yeah, for sure. that was needed. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, stay tuned for more more content on the hyphen barnburner.com. Uh, more Grizzlies, Tigers coverage. Some uh, Chiefs got some in the can film podcasts coming your way. So, uh, we will be. Looking forward to 2019. Hopefully the Grizz pick up a few more wins, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks for let's, 2018. Let's get this one tomorrow, Grizz. Come on, close out the year strong. Forget James Harden. Let's aha! Go. Aha! <laughs> All around the world. Uh, to the beach, y'all.